you again for everybody for tuning in for this week's episode of Let's Rap. I'm your host, Mark Gray. Joined today by three-time Pro Bowler, 14-year NFL vet, the man to the right of me, D'Angelo Hall. Thank you for joining us, brother. Hello, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. How's everything going for you in your post-NFL career? Oh, man, it's going good. Going good. Spending a lot of time with the family, with the kids. Uh, was just in the gym yesterday with my uh, with my boys all just shooting around. So, uh, you know, really getting a chance to, to enjoy being a father. I saw that on Instagram yesterday. You posted your... Uh, your first love was basketball. You had a picture of your son playing basketball. That's your first love was basketball. Oh man, absolutely! I don't think you can be from seven five seven and not love basketball first. You know, I think we all eventually find our niche, whether it's track or football or baseball. Um, but yeah, basketball, man. Being from down that area, man, you have to know how to uh, hold your own on the basketball court. When I say that fourteen year NFL vet, does that? sink into you does that what does that say to you it 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 doesn't um you know it went so fast you know i can still remember my rookie year um you know being in atlanta and thinking to myself man i don't know if i can do this um and the only reason i said that was i was covering a post route and michael vick was throwing the ball and i went to undercut it as i've done several times throughout my career in uh you know in high school and college and the ball just kept going and i'm like this Goodness gracious, and the receiver just just caught a nice bomb on me. Peerless Price, I think, was the receiver. And I was thinking to myself, man, I don't know if I can do this. And um, you know, no from, that, from that point on, I, do this. I mean, I was thinking, man, these dudes are a lot better than I thought, you know. But, nah, it was a time where I was thinking, like, man, I don't know if I can do this, you know. And I started, you know, learning the game of football even more because – you know, a lot of times I just went out and played. Mm-hmm. Growing up, you know, high school, college, I watched film, but I really didn't know how to watch film. Um, it wasn't really till I got in the league and I got with 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 older guys. Um, Keon Carpenter, he was a you know a safety. Um, God rest his soul. He, he passed away a couple years ago, um, but he's from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, played safety at Virginia Tech. Played in the league for I think eight or nine years. But he was one of my safeties in Atlanta. And it wasn't until he got me thinking about uh, what my responsibility is. All right, you're a man-to-man. Where's your safety? Right, safety's in the middle of the field. All right, so why would you drive a post route and be susceptible to that seven route behind it if you get a post seven? Or just why wouldn't you stay on that outside leverage knowing that you got some help inside? So it wasn't until he started really talking that ball never, right. that I never really thought about. You and just, that's what I tried to do to my on. kid. To my kid, my kids, mm-hmm. uh, teams I help coach, I try to get the kids to, you know, just start thinking football because I never really did. I used to watch a ton of film in high school of my opponent, but I was just watching, like, as a fan, just watching <laughs> football. Right. Not really thinking. I'm really watching. I'm watching to see, all right, he kind of fast. All right, can't wait. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't really breaking down, all right, in this formation, they like to run this particular, you know, this particular play or – uh, you, you you get a lot of sweeps because the formation's not in the boundary or to the field. The ball's on the hash, and so I never really thought about football like that. I just kind of went out and played ball. I played the defenses that were called, and so um, yeah, it wasn't until I got with him that I was like, man, and I started really learning football, and I was like, so the confidence definitely spiked right back up real quick because once I figured out, gosh, if I 
man, if I start playing like this, oh my goodness, I can't be stopped. Right. You know, and so, yeah, the confidence definitely uh, wasn't something that I was lacking for very long. When you read your, okay, so just about any NFL player, skill position-wise, when you go and look at their high school and college thing, they all read the same. They all were remarkable at this, and they all were the quarterback and the running back and everything. So that's what they expect. Uh, I went and I looked at yours, and even from that standpoint, like, Averaging 10 yards a carry as a running back. Uh, if you read the thing, it basically makes it sound like every time you touch the ball, you scored, whether it was on offense, defense, just all kinds of random stats. And, you know, yeah. it was, it, all all county and, like, three different positions in the same year. Like, yeah. that's that's yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. So, wasn't that easy for you? Like, as, as in high school, I mean, averaging 10 yards a carry, some ridiculous amount of touchdowns. I mean, and, it didn't feel that easy when I was doing it. Uh, you know, I definitely felt like I was – Really, really good, but I never once felt like any, you know, every time I touched the ball, I'm a score, or, or you know, because it was games where 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 it didn't happen. It just so happens that the final stats look like that. But it was games where, I mean, hey, the most I think I touched the ball in a game was probably eight times, gotcha. seven, eight times. So you talking about, you know, I finished the game with a hundred yards, ninety yards. Then yeah, I'm averaging about ten yards a carry, one um, long run, and yeah, yeah, long run. My coach never wanted to pile it on, um, so once I got mine or we got up, next man was in. You know, we had we ran a wing tee, which is a dinosaur style offense, but the fullback got the bulk of the carries. I was one of the little slot back wing backs, and I mean we had I mean we had really good players all three years. I, I played varsity, we had really good players, and so you know, I mean heck, I even think about when I left, it was. Two other dudes followed me to Tech. That's three of us at Tech. And then the following year behind us, which were juniors, um, I think three of those dudes went to Tech too. So not even counting other D1 schools, just Virginia Tech. So, I mean, we had, we had, we had a lot of players. So I never once felt like, man, I was, I was that much better. Um, I think speed kills in anything. And as I began to get a little faster because I ran track, and so as I began to win things in track, I, I, I ultimately felt more unstoppable on a football field because I was like, wow, I know I'm the, you know, one of the fastest dudes in the state because I finished second in the state in the 100 or whatever. Right. Or, the, you know, the 60 or the 55 while I finished in the long jump while I four by one. Um, never won a state championship in football and got two in track. It, it, it's crazy how things like that work. So, um, and just ran track because the track coach said, hey, you need to come out here and help, you know, help you get faster in football. And at that point, I knew I wasn't gonna be a six three point guard. I was five. <laughs> I had been five nine for two years at that point, and I was just like, man, maybe you're right, man. I love basketball, but I ain't going to the NBA. He like, let's be real. Only way I'm going to college is on a scholarship, and maybe football is the easiest way. And so that's why, that's that's how I picked that. When did you realize that the NFL was actually on the table, and how did you end up at cornerback after reading that you played? Every other position. Yeah, in the yeah. So I mean, a lot of colleges through the through the recruiting process wanted me to play offense. Some receivers, some. Um, what did you want to play? Running back. I wanted to play DB. Oh, you went to college. Wanted yeah, to play DB. Okay. yeah. I wanted to play DB. Um, and so, I mean, you know, I grew up watching Deion, Deion Sanders, Sanders and Daryl Green, and so who who doesn't want to play DB? And I was always the fastest dude, one of the quickest dudes. Um, and so Tech was one of the rare schools that wanted me to play. DB or was going to let me play DB was going to let me return some kicks and things like that and I didn't want to play offense and so okay. I went to Tech and 
Little did I know that offense gets a lot of the glory and the shine and the girls. Yeah, yeah. And so absolutely. by the time sophomore year at Tech, I, you know, I'm really fast at that point. I run a four one five in the off season. I saw um, that. That's real. Yeah, yeah. I ran track that 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 year uh, uh, at Virginia Tech and really worked on my speed as 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 as, as bad as I you know as hard as I could. I trained my butt off. Um, four one five. And that's really when teams start really. Dang, you know, there's a returner down in Virginia Tech, man. He's a DB too, man. That you know, that kid can play. Mm-hmm. And scouts start buzzing about me, buzzing about me. Um, and going into that that next year, uh, during spring, Coach Beamer, it was right around the time Champ was just leaving um, Georgia, and 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 Seawood had been a couple years out of out of Michigan. Uh, Michigan. Coach Beamer went up to those guys, uh, different college campuses, and met with coaches to figure out, hey, how can we incorporate D'Angelo on the offensive side of the football? And um, I got to that whole spring, played nothing but receiver. So I sat in receiver meeting rooms. I was a receiver. I didn't communicate with the DBs, nothing. I ran every route, blocked everything. And coming to that season, I you know I got to go both ways. I got to play receiver, return punts, and uh, play a little DB. And... I mean, I had I had a blast, and had I played a lot more of that through the course of the season because it just tapered down as the season went on. I don't know why, instead of ramping it up, um, I probably would have stayed in school. I just got so bored at DB that teams weren't even throwing the ball right. ball at me. I had one pick as a as a junior, and it's nothing more frustrating for me than not being able to you know to help my that's team win would, a that's game. That's what I would think. So I'm on the side. I'm I'm checking my guy. I mean, I can remember the last game, but I still hadn't made my decision yet. We were, we were playing in a bowl game in uh, in Arizona, and we were playing Kyle. And it was Aaron Rodgers uh, was Kyle's quarterback. And no matter where I went, if you watched that game, he th- he threw the ball the other way. I mean, it was the damnest thing. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't even rehearse it. I mean, it was like a movie. Anytime I went to the left side. He throwing it to the right, and I mean he's completing the pass. I mean it was a shootout, and we had good good corners. And going to the other side, he throw it to the other side. Going to the other side, he throw it to the other side. I'm like, are you kidding me? Every punt, we finally stop him. Every punt, he kicking it out of bounds. And then, you know every team started so doing that. And so I'm just like, bro, are you kidding me? Like it was the most frustrating thing in the world. And then finally I got one kick, one low punt. He kicks it to me, and I make a little move, take it to the house. And at that point, I said, "You know what? I'm 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 leaving school. I, it ain't no way I can go through this type of season all year again as a senior um, and not affect the game." And I said, "Man, I'm 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 leaving school." And it was at that point, and I took you know, like I said, I took it to the house. We go up, but Aaron somehow mounts another comeback and they win the game. So that was my first time um, encountering Aaron Rodgers, the great Aaron Rodgers. Going into that game, was he the great Aaron Rodgers? No, no. Nah, nah, going into that game, he was just Aaron Rodgers, right. Kyle's quarterback. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And, and even prior to that, he still was Aaron Rodgers, Kyle quarterback. You know, Aaron was the guy who sat in the green room oh, yeah. for the 20, to the 24th. Oh, yeah. he, he's the reason that people don't go to the green yeah. room now. Alex because Smith they don't want to be went number, number one. one. He's literally like, the reason people don't go that? to the green room what now because they don't want to be there. What if the 49ers that? take Aaron Rodgers one in that draft? How crazy would, would things be right now? Absolutely. Would, 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 would Aaron even still be Aaron without the tutelage of Favre, Mike McCarthy and, four and years, Favre and, and four sitting years for a little bit? Or would it, you know, who knows? But, you know, sometimes it ain't necessarily the best person wins. It's the person who falls in the right situation. 
sometimes has a chance to, you know, to be the most successful. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. So then go to four, do, do your three years at Virginia Tech. That re- all that record book is also crazy with all kinds of just stories like you just told. <laughs> touch the ball one time, touchdown, interception, touchdown, fumble return, touchdown. It pretty much seems like every time you <laughs> get your hands on the ball is a touchdown. Uh, you and Vic were at school together for what, one year? Nah, nah, uh, we actually weren't. You missed uh, each other? Yeah, we missed each other. He was okay. drafted in 01 in that draft. He declared after the 2000 season. I came in 2001. Um, so we had just missed each other. Got you. So then now you don't miss each other in the NFL. Yeah. You get to the NFL, Mike Vick's the quarterback. What is that like, getting, you know, being reunited with, or, you know, being with another guy from the Virginia area as yeah. your quarterback? Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. And not even just having Mike be from my hometown, but at that time, at that time, excuse me, mm. at, at, at that time, we had, gosh, maybe four or five Hokies. I mentioned Keon Carpenter. We had uh, Kevin McAdam. Uh, we had, uh, gosh, why do I feel like it was one one more, one more guy? We had a we had a couple and Mike obviously, but right. I, I could have sworn we had another guy. But regardless, it felt it it, it just felt comfortable to, to you know what I'm saying to know when Virginia Tech was playing, all of us was you know was, was playing Georgia Tech. We all were on the sidelines watching the game, right? You know what I mean? I think Brian Randall had made it down there at some point. Um, who was my quarterback at Tech? But it was just it was just super super cool to do that. But I mean I didn't know Mike besides obviously being a, a huge star. You know he came back to campus uh, maybe one time uh, while I was at while I was at Tech. Well maybe two times while I was at Tech because his little brother had got there, and so we got to kind of interact a little bit. But to you know Michael Vick at that time was like God, who can I compare to? You know. Uh, Tom Brady minus the championships. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. He was, the, he was the biggest star there was. Yeah, absolutely. It was a whole hip hop generation. Absolutely, taking over. He was a football's Ivan Allen Iverson. Yeah, and so we would go places, and you know, it would be like a rock star, like you hear it, it was for MC Hammer and Deion Sanders. You know, with securities around him and fans all want to, you know, to just get a picture of him or a picture with them or autograph. Um, and so, and Atlanta at that time was becoming the mecca of hip hop music with Def Jam South and so Jermaine so Dupree, right. So So Def, and you know everything was taking off. Usher, Bow Wow, uh, and you guys are right there in the middle. Yeah, BMF was just ending. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, it was insane. Uh, Jeezy and the Hot Boy. I mean, it uh, it was crazy to 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 say the least to, to be, be a part of there, to be a part of that movement. And I get drafted at 20, and I'm cool with Mike, the biggest star. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was it was insane. I tell people all the time, had I not been engaged and I got married my rookie year, had I not been married, I mean, I probably would have the league in three or four years. <laughs> I'd have been enjoying myself. Are you kidding me? Had I not been married, man, uh-huh. in Atlanta? Right here, at you, brother. 20 years old? I hear you, brother. Man, please. You and uh, in any of those Falcons practices, you and Vic ever race? We never lined up and raced, but it's been it's been some 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 instances so where he's out problems. and I and I had to yeah, had to go get him a yeah, little he bit. Those problems. And so you know, out of respect, I always say Mike's faster, and I and out of respect for me, he always says I'm faster. Well, how does that never happen? But it it just never happened. It it probably never happened because neither one of us was probably faster than our returner, Allen Ross. 
who who ran a 10.01 in the 100 in high school. Qualified for the Olympics, went to Notre Dame. I mean, the dude turnover was crazy. He won the fastest man the year before I did. What year did you win it? Was I that your rookie year or second nah, year? Nah, I won it my second year because I, I mean I made the second Pro Bowl year in the my Pro second Bowl. year. Right, no, right. my first Pro Bowl. Right, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Second year in the league, you made second the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And who was in there? That was Steve Smith. Yeah, I mean, no real fast. I mean, what? I, I take that Why back. Why did you say no? I was real... gonna say no real fast guys, but I take that back. That's real disrespectful. No, Steve Smith. He's he's fast, but he ain't track fast. Bob Sanders is track fast. Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders is safety. Three. Yeah, he was four three at the combine. Oh yeah, he he can go now. Uh, but it was I a didn't guy, know that. Jerome Mathis. And Jerome's from the state of Virginia. I'm going to tell you a story about Jerome. Receiver. Yes. Houston Texans made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Yeah. As a returner. Yeah, as a returner. Jerome beat me in high school for the state championship in the 55, in the 100, and in the long jump. So he was a track guy. He went to Hampton University on a track scholarship. All-American, qualified for the Olympics. I mean, Jerome is Olympic fast. I mean, without a doubt. Um, and so, he you know he had the fastest time in the state. He was a defending state champ, all that. Like I said, I trained my butt off, and I mean, I kind of jumped on the scene. I was always part of track, but I jumped on the scene as a senior and started running really fast times, which translated, obviously, to, you know, to the 40. And so, Jerome's, like I said, the defending state champ. We're talking indoor track now. And we run the 55, which is very similar to the 40. Very short race, half of 100, essentially. And I'm normally, you know, I get out the blocks fast. So I'm thinking, you know, this dude going to have to come get me. And, you know, we talking trash. And I'm like, you know, all right, whatever. Because I ain't really super confident because that ain't really what I do. But I'm feeling kind of good because, you know, I can can run the shorter distances a little better than the longer ones. And, bah, I'm out. And I'm, I ain't feeling nobody, so I know I'm out. And shoo, runs me down. But I think I ran maybe, I think, 641, and he ran 640, which at the time set my state or set my high school record and all that. Um, and so I saw him at outdoor track again. And, you know, I'm telling him, like, bro, I play football. I don't really even run track, so don't, you know, don't get it twisted. And... You know, he beats me in 100, obviously. Long jump, I think I finally got him. I jumped 23-10, longest in the state at the time. His last jump, he jumps 24-1. I said, man, I can't beat this dude in nothing. Uh And so we get to the the fastest man. I give you all that background and take you to the fastest man. Everybody's betting on Bob Sanders because his coach teammates are Edge and Reggie Wayne and Marvin, and so they all bet. Mike sitting there with Keon and I think a couple other cats from you know from the Falcons. I think Algie's out there, maybe Keith Brooking, and they all riding with me, betting with me, betting with me. Um, uh, Steve Smith Smith had some dudes betting with him. Andre Johnson, and I think he might even have talked Santana and maybe brought us into riding with him because he knew Jerome was fast. And he knew, Andre knew he beat me in the 60 in college. So he probably was like, man, Andre, this joker faster than me. So Andre was the only smart one that had his money on the dude who probably should have won. <laughs> but Andre, I'm telling Andre seemed too big to be in them type of stuff. I know, but Andre Andre, no, I know he Andre barely lost it the year before to yeah. Allen Rossum. So, you know, he was familiar with the race. 
And so the whole the whole time I'm thinking, man, I can't lose Mike and Algy and all these dudes. Bread is what I'm thinking. But I'm like, I'm telling him the same thing. Hey, this ain't the hundred, homie. You better be able to come get me. And I had just told my AC joint four weeks earlier, five weeks earlier in week 17 of the last game of the season, and they wanted to put me on IR. And I said, no, I'm not missing my last Pro Bowl. Are y'all kidding me? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was week 16 because I missed the last game. I'm not missing my first Pro Bowl. And so I'm already like, oh, that joint. It it ain't really feeling good, but I'm like, you know, whatever. The adrenaline going to take over. So we line up in the blocks, and I told him like I told him in high school. You're looking he, forward to this more than the Pro Bowl, you aren't you? You better come get me. Absolutely. <laughs> you want that the NFL's fastest man time. Hey, you want that you better come get me. Right. Yeah, we out. I don't feel him. I don't feel him. I get to the line, and I lean, because I didn't lean in high school. Mm-hmm. It's cost me my state title, because I didn't lean. I was always taught run through it. So even the photo finish us in high school, I'm running through it. He leaning. So I remember that. So I leaned on his butt. Yeah. And I beat him. And I so I got my get back on Jerome Matthews. But the fastest dude I have ever seen on the football field. Didn't know how to control it. Couldn't get in and out of breaks. Never became a really good receiver. But return man, I mean, that dude was blazing fast. Was that the fact was that the uh, only year you ran in that race? Yeah. Yeah. The next that was year the only year. No, nah, next year I didn't run. I mean, Daryl Green ran for years and years, but by the time I had got there in the years prior to that, it wasn't it wasn't like that. It was just the rookies ran. Almost like the dunk kind. Right, 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 right. Like, you know, show something else. Right. You know what I'm saying? You. Like like you know, the like, you know, like I said, the rookies jump in the basketball dunk contest, but you don't see LeBron or nobody right, keep right, going right. back and doing it. And so I never did it again. I think the next year Justin Miller won, um, who was a blazer two out of Clemson. He could run. Um, so I mean, you know, the tradition was in good hands. I felt like okay, I got, I got you, I got you. The, uh, ever lost a race to anybody in the NFL? In practice, after practice, any sort of that stuff? Nah, nah, never in practice because it's not like movies. Like I think of the movie Any Given Sunday, Jamie Foxx and LL lining up the yeah, race. Yeah, right, Man, right. we ain't on never race. Nah, I but, got you. But I even, I, I guess old throwback stuff of Daryl Green running forties on Red Skin Park. I remember, you know, watching video of that, but, man, by the time I got in the league, we ain't run no 40. You ran that joke at the Combine, and that was it. We saw it. a couple years back. Unless kids just getting into it with each right. other. Right, remember that it was a couple years back, Vic versus, was it Shady, after practice? Somebody tried. Nah, they, I they never said, saw that one. They said Vic was, uh, they was calling my man old man. And went he went and got him? Of course he went out there and got him. I thought you were going to tell me to uh, LeRon Landry and... Clinton Portis one. I remember that See, one See, I wasn't here for that. And gotcha. I don't even know if I've ever saw the video, but I do remember somebody talking about it. But unless somebody betting money and they just joking back and forth yeah. with each other. Yeah. Anybody else in the NFL you've ever been like, that? I know that person is fascinating? Chris Johnson? Uh, Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah. And that's that long stride. That's yeah. a whole different level. Chris Johnson, man, I remember playing Tennessee, and I'm thinking, boy, if he strike out, I'm going to get him. I mean, every time he almost, I mean, you know, every time I think he about to strike out, I'm like, eh. Trying to about to cut it on, but we know ne- I never got to go get him. Um, what you think that would? I mean, I think I would have went and got him okay. back then. Yeah, without a doubt. But Randy, <laughs> without a Randy, doubt. Randy was a different, and maybe because Randy, it wasn't a race. It was me having to go at the line and then turn my hips and open and then have to go get him, which is a lot different or a backpedal and turn and run as opposed to a straight race. But with Chris Johnson, I was always opened up, ready to run with him. Whether I was at corner trying to go this way to get him or trying to cut him off on an angle, um, I always felt like, you know, 
in that game that shoot I was gonna be ready to jump. Randy ready to jump. Randy's got that uh that Usain Bolt uh it, that stride. Like was, he just yeah, was that stride getting yeah, going, that six five stride getting going Ain't too much you can do about it's that. Hard. Because the, the the thing is, like all those people you name yourself, Vic, Chris Johnson. When you guys watch you on TV, it's like, man, that dude is flying. You watch, you watch and Randy Moss. Like you don't, look, like that. don't look like you same boat. That's a good comparison. Because you're right, and and he got that track speed where I'm running just fast enough to not get caught or <laughs> not get. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I had to do the high school like that. You we time him in a in a in a open two hundred or a uh, hundred. It would just, I mean, it would be decent. But you put him in the four by two where he got to go get somebody. Mm -hmm. It's just him, him having to chase somebody or the four hundred. I mean, he was amazing. Once that stride get going, yeah. but six five. But people don't realize. I remember when they did the math on Usain Bolt. It was like ten less steps that were required for him yeah. than everybody else out there, mm -hmm. just just because of that stride. So you go to Atlanta, instant success. Were you surprised at like how like that you instantly were your second year in the league, your pro bowler, set, uh, third year pro bowler? I mean, I was surprised because I grinded. You know what I'm saying? Like my rookie year, I got hurt um, in the preseason, guarding Chad Johnson, and I missed the first six seven games. And those six seven games, I spent a lot of time with Keon having the headset in, walking me through the defense, and really really locking in and learning. Um, and it, it gave me an advantage for sure. Um, but it also built up some criticism from, from, from other people. I finished that season, even though we were in the NFC Championship game um, and we lost to the Eagles, I, I don't think I gave up a touchdown all season when I came back after missing the first six. Um, our, our record, I think, was 12-4. and four. I mean, we were a really good team, a team full of unknowns on defense, um, no-name guys who just played their butts off, and an offense that really – all we did was throw it to Algie Crumpler, the tight end. Mike ran around and Ward Dunn and T.J. Ducky. All right, that was essentially the team, and we lost in the NFC Championship game. I hadn't played in a BCS bowl game in college, so I'm thinking, I, you know, I played in little little mom and pops bowls. I never won at the time I played in the Big Big East. I never won the Big East, and so I'm sitting there thinking. Man, the NFL is easier than uh, college, <laughs> right? Right, 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 right. Because I'm playing in the NFC Championship game. Right. Now, we lose that game, but I could have been in the Super Bowl as a rookie. Gotcha. You know how that would have changed my career? Mm hmm Like, just, no, I mean, just being there and then 14 years later to never have, have, have played in that game. That's crazy, it, right? It, it sucks. But, so I'm thinking, year two, well, after year one, I'm hearing the, 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 the critics say, Falcons should have took Dante Robinson 10. He was the second corner off the board. He went to Houston Texans 10. And, um, you know, he finished with six picks. And I'm thinking, man, I ain't give up no touchdown. You know, I played pretty good. But that fueled me to, to grind even harder. So, I mean, I knew I was going to have, you know, a lot of success because, I mean, I put a lot of work in, too, partly for the critics and partly just because I wanted to be great. Like, I started following dudes. Like, I felt like I was one of the first corners to start following guys. Um, like, I remember that Monday night game. With the Terrell Owens. Yeah, but see, we lost to Philly in the NFC Championship game. So, the big hoopla the next game is, or the first game of the season, is a rematch. NFC Championship game. So, we beat them. We thinking Super Bowl, right? I so, remember that game. So, we beat them. But the game was crazy because T.O. gets off in the first half. Go ahead. What you? What you it, it, it was like at the end of the game. It, first of all, it was Monday night game. It was huge. Yeah. T.O. was at his prime. Yeah, T.O. and yeah. he's everything. 
I've never remember a guy getting it was because his line was still was like ten catches, a hundred and something yards. Well, he and had it was, seven. He had seven for about eighty something. But might have been seven, eighty but, something on you. But it was like no, 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 no. Because I followed him the whole game. No, that okay. was it. Because the crazy part, that's all he had it in the first half. Okay, and, and I remember feeling like. You see the stat line. It wasn't a stat line, but it was like you definitely won the game. And yeah. it was like everybody, everybody yeah. was saying you won the matchup. You know, yeah. you killed him out of the end yeah. zone. Uh, and I think at that time it, it seemed like him, him and McNe- they were scoring every play, every uh, yeah. every game and whatever yeah. the case may be. And it was like the D'Angelo Hall coming out party. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, the reason I know the you know the stat line is seven for eighty some yards because that was all in the first half, and then in the second half. He didn't catch a ball. You know, I, I made some good plays. I broke up some passes. I finished with an interception and a good return. And at that time, T.O. was scoring on everybody. Yeah, so no, if you absolutely. kept him out the end zone, you had a chance to win. Coach Moore had, you know, was with T.O. and George Stewart, who's a special teams coordinator in, in L.A. with the Chargers. He was our receivers coach for the Falcons. And they were with him in San Fran. And so they kind of was telling me, you know, what he likes to do, how physical he tries to beat the line. So I had a pretty good game plan of how I wanted to play him. Um, but being out there as a 21-year-old going against a 33, 34-year-old grown man was, What's you he know, that a old 32. Man? Yeah, yeah, a 31. I mean, I, look, I remember seeing the clip of the game. He was probably 10, 10 11 years older than me. Right. And he was a beast, so though. it took some getting used to initially. And, and you know, it took some... Not being like star, yeah, starstruck too. It took a little bit of that too to, to for, for me to really get comfortable. But I mean, it was a coming out party. Uh, and after know, that game, you felt like it did. Well, you? yeah, absolutely. And I felt like our team was gonna keep 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 balling. You know, we we started that year, I think six and two, and finished eight and eight, or six and one, I think, and finished eight and eight. And so, you know, it opened my eyes too to the league. Like, man. Like if you don't hit it while while the iron's hot, mm-hmm. like it, right, it right. might not be hot later. At first it was like, oh man, this is gonna be easier than I thought, and then it was like mm, maybe not so much. Yeah, huh? yeah. And then I, you know, just the beef with the front office and the whole thing happens with Mike. He, you know, he has to leave. What was that like knowing him personally? One from yeah. him being the leader, your, your leader of your team, and then two, like knowing him personally to watch that the man as you just said was like a rock star. It was tough, and, and to just watch that be like. Watch that whole thing just kind of come down. It was tough because I looked up to Mike. I think everybody in that locker room looked up to Mike and aspired to be the kind of celebrity he was. Um, and so we all felt like, man, you know, it, any any one of us could lose it in a day. And so, you know, it humbled a lot of us. Um, you know, anytime you had Mike Vick on your team and on the field, it was it was must see TV. So Absolutely. It, it definitely. Made our team a lot worse because we couldn't do some of the same things we were used to doing. We weren't as as explosive, and you know because of that we didn't you know we didn't win a lot of games. And we had a a, a dickhead head coach in um, Bobby Petrino, and so that on top of it. And I'm always a dude. As long as you treat me with respect, I'm gonna do the same. Like that's the least I can do. Like how can I be mean to a dude who's treat me with respect? Right. And so, but it, on the reverse of that, if you call me motherfucker, I mean, I'm a grown man, right? Absolutely. So I'm probably call you motherfucker right back. And so me and Coach Petrino got into it during the game on the sideline, and it made a lot of headlines at the time. And at that point, I think the organization felt like they had to move on from me. And I ended up basically... How did you feel when that... 
I mean, it hurt a little bit because I was told prior to Petrino getting there by the front office that, you know, I was their guy. I was going to be there for the long term or the long haul. And, you know, I get a contract next year. And so I went into the new GM, Dimitrov, and Mike Smith, who was the head coach at the time. And I asked him, like, hey, look, Dimitrov told me if you tell him you want me, he, you know, they'll get a deal done. So Mike Smith walks me in Dimitrov's office. I want D. Hall here. I wanted him in Jacksonville when I was a coordinator there. I want him here. Bam. He's a cornerstone of our defense, all this. And so I walk out feeling great. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to be in Atlanta. Cool. And then I find out later at the Combine, they're trying to trade me. Like teams are calling my agent like, hey, the Falcons are, you know, interested in trading the engine. You know, so that's how you heard about it. And so I hop on a plane and fly to Indy, do media right then and there. And I'm like, nah, look, I played hurt, banged up shoulders, knees, you know what I'm saying, cracked ribs for this team and to just for them to want to just trade me and not even tell me about it after they told me they're going to pay me because they want me to be here. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. It's part of that respect. I'm done. I don't care where I play. I ain't playing here. And going into the last year of my contract there, I basically, we exhausted a trade with Washington, uh, the Giants, uh, Jacksonville. And finally, um, Oakland was the last suitor left, man. So everybody always said, man, why'd you pick? I mean, I ain't really had many choices at the end of the day because I told myself I was not going back to uh, Atlanta. And so I ended up in Oakland. But without going through Oakland and getting cut, I, I would have never ended up in Washington. And that's that's the cool part, to, 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 to be in a city that I rooted for this team as a kid. I, I went to Virginia Tech. I'm from 757. That's what's super dope. And that's what I wouldn't trade for for nothing. Let's not gloss over that that little spot though. <laughs> like, so you get your money. So you so now we talk about being twenty years old and talking about your little bit of first round money. Mm -hmm. You get some serious bread now. You go out there to Oakland and it yeah. was uh, what was it like seventy million? First of all, that you're the one one living proof that when and I, and I always bring that example up when people say guaranteed money, you're guaranteed because your guaranteed money in Oakland was what was it's it supposed to be thirty? And how much did you get? Nine. So say that one more time. So because yeah. people don't ever believe that, say no, it's a guarantee. So yeah, your nah, your guarantee money was thirty, it's, it's and so you got much, nine. It's so much. It's so much language and stipulations. And I try to in, tell in people contract. that. And, and I'm not. They. I mean, hell, I ain't played with nine. You're right. Before, nah, I mean, so it was still. I got nine. a million a game, so right. I mean, I got off. Right. But but the point we, was, you were guaranteed did, thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And when we did the contract, and the crazy part, Al Davis and the Raiders traded a, a second round pick and a seventh round pick for me. And the way the deal was structured, though, I, I only got nine in year one, and I was supposed to get like twenty in year two, and like another eight or nine right. in year three. Um, to get you to the guarantee. Yeah, yeah, to get me to that number over the first three. And my agent was like, yo, this looks like a one-year deal. Like, they can cut you. And I'm like, bro, I don't care. Like, we knew what it was, but we were just like, man, he ain't cutting me. He just traded two draft picks. He just paid me. Oh, Al Davis. Man, Al Davis, <laughs> oh, called, Al Davis called me midway through the season like, man, we ain't as uh, good as I thought we was going to be. Uh, can We, we want to restructure your contract. I Didn't said, he call you? restructure my contract next year. 
You ain't gonna restructure it right now. Didn't he call you after that week, that Monday night game against the Broncos? Who was that? Who was that receiver nah, who went off? Eddie Royal went off. Eddie Royal. Eddie yeah, Royal, right. Yeah. He had some Wes Welker like slot receiver type game he with 10 catches, 14, some up. ridiculous amount. Yeah. And Al Davis was like, he wanted. So let me ask you this then. So it was a rough, we'll say a rough uh, time in, in Oakland? It was rough. I mean, we had a really good defense, man. I mean, really good defense. And we had a, a, a okay offense, a capable offense. I mean, we just had a bad quarterback at the time. We had Jamarcus Russell, who. Um, I couldn't remember. I mean, he just just wasn't wasn't the right fit at quarterback, especially for that offense for that team. Um, and so, I mean, we couldn't win games. If you can't score, you can't you can't win games. And I mean, we had a really good staff. Um, Rob Brown was our coordinator. Lane Kiffin was the head coach. Um, and Lane got fired midway through the season. I remember Al pulled out the projector, man. Yeah, yeah. everything that <laughs> it was like was when he had wrong. when he had a projector. I was like, where did he get that? So, <laughs> I hadn't seen what those since elementary it was school. A, oh man, it was a. Uh, At any point in time, okay, it was a struggle. so struggle. It, it's a rough, rough time on the field for you as well in, in Oakland. <laughs> Funny, we were talking about earlier. It seemed because Namdi was opposite of you there, right? Yeah, yeah. Nandi and, was opposite, and me. people seemed like they weren't messing with Namdi, yeah. and they was coming at you. Did you at any point in time in this, because you had so much success in Oakland, I mean, excuse me, in Atlanta early in your career, at this point, do you kind of find yourself being like, what am I doing, or maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was? Or no, really? not at all. Um, I mean, you know, you take you take the, the big game Eddie Royal had in, in, in week one, where they ran a lot of man beaters. Mike Shanahan was in Denver. I mean, they motioned us to death and running quick to the flats and we trying to lock up man. Because, I mean, Mike knew what the heck we were in. Schemed the heck out of us. But Eddie had a great game. He did. I didn't feel like a lot of those were on me. And a lot of the, the plays were underneath throws. As a DB, I'm telling myself, like, all right, dude had like 10 catches for like 80 yards. Like, right. Well, like this was slot work. He had 190 yards, five touchdowns or something like that. And so I didn't leave that game with lacking any confidence. Um, and so, and I was still playing really good football through the through the first eight games. I had three picks, I think, three picks in in the first eight games. And so I'm over here thinking I'm having a Pro Bowl year, right? Like I'm 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 really playing good. I'm not giving up no touchdowns. Um, you know, I'm playing really good football. And the perception was I was playing bad football because I got cut. It wasn't that I had signed a bunch of dudes that offseason and I was the last one to be signed and he was trying to cut costs and, and who knows why Al does what he does. <laughs> like That wasn't the question people were asking. It was, this dude, what, what's wrong with him? And so when I got cut, I got a chance to go to, I, you know, I had a couple different places want me to come there. Um, I had Mike Tomlin, who's a 757 guy, but Mike Tomlin sold me on, man, you know, we're going to let you play some offense. We're going to let you return some kicks. And I'm thinking, bro, I, I, I need to be a, a, I need to show everybody I'm still a lockdown corner. What you mean? And another, a couple other places. Oh, yeah, we're going to work in. Da, 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 da. So you had no interest in playing offense? Nah, heck no. I wanted to establish that. I mean, I just got paid like the top corner, and then you're trying to tell me I ain't the top corner? I know I'm nice. Right. Like, don't get it twisted. And so I wanted to go somewhere where I had a chance to showcase I was nice. And in D.C., even though they had Carlos Rogers, who was a first-round corner, Sean Springs, who was a first-round corner, Fred Smoot, who was a second-round corner, um, it was a year right after Sean T. had passed. And they had LaRon Landry at safety. And so, I mean, we had a really good 
really good defense. And they were 6-2 and two at the time. So I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to go to Washington. And they told me I had a chance to play. I was going to get to play T.O. a little bit. He was in the division. Um, and so I finished the season. I ended up getting some time. My first game with, with Washington playing T.O. Got a pick on Dallas. And from that point on, it was like, oh, man, this joker. We, we, we were told that he knows how to get the ball. He gets the ball. Right. And I was thrown in starting the next week and kind of solidified my spot the last eight games. As as a guy here, I finished with three picks here too. Um, so I finished that year with six picks. And the other year, that's a Pro Bowl. Right. And so, but because I was split up from the AFC and the NFC, um, they only showed three picks for each each conference. So I, I, didn't, I didn't get to make it. But, um, I mean, I left that season feeling like, Man, you know, I think I did what I, you know, what I wanted to do, and I had a lot of places I could have went after that. New England wanted me bad, and I almost ended up right, in New England. Right. And the only reason I didn't was because Coach Belichick and them only offered me a three-year deal, and Washington offered me a five-year deal. Didn't, now the three-year deal was competitive money. It was tw it was twenty-seven, twenty-seven over three. Washington was thirty over three, so it was three more million. Okay. In the grand scheme of things, who the hell cares? So, but as a as a kid. I'm going with the more money, dog. Let's go. And, and I had just spent time in Washington. I knew the area, and I and I ultimately did want to be in D.C. You know what I mean? I wanted to be in Virginia. My mom was here. It was just it was just so cool those last eight games for her to be able to come up to games because she's never missed a game. So in Atlanta, she would fly in. It was just so much easier being in Virginia. How often do you think to yourself what would have happened? Oh man, all the time. Would? And do you think that you All and Belichick would have worked though? I think, you I think, think you we would have worked I think we would have because I think Bill would have respected me. What and, if he and, tried you with that Mark and Bartlett stuff that but, just happened but there? I'm, I'm saying, end of the day, Bill would have respected me and he would have known me and my work ethic and my grind on the field. And so I don't think it would have been an issue. Like me and Coach Shanahan didn't have an issue. And Coach Shanahan is, 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 is strict and, 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 and it's his way. But we didn't have an issue, and especially when you were doing what New England was doing, they had already won a Super Bowl at that point. You know what I mean? Because that was 07, so they had won 01, 03, or 04, something like that. So, I mean, I would have, I would I would have showed got in line. I didn't think they were gonna be a dynasty like they became. Mm -hmm. Nobody did. Um, and like I said, the only reason I was penciled into that three for 27, nine a year is because he said, I told Randy I wasn't going to pay anybody more than him. That's the same deal Randy Moss got, three for three for 27. Can't argue with that logic. And I couldn't, and that's why I said, I <laughs> Coach can't argue said, with that I, logic. I appreciate that and I respect what you're saying. And it's weird. I've always wanted to play for Coach Belichick now that I've gotten older, and I'm like, man, I had the opportunity and I, and I, and I, and I didn't, you know what I'm saying, to be on a team with a dude like Tom Brady who's the GOAT dude like Coach Belichick, who's the GOAT in coaching, man, to have a chance to learn from those dudes, man, especially as much of a football junkie as I am now, man, I, I, man, what, I missed that, that opportunity. opportunity. to learn under that. But, like I said, I, I played in D.C. for 10 years, man. I, the relationships and the connections and the, the you know, the, the change I've been able to make in the community, man, I, I, I can't trade that for all the knowledge in the world. And at some point, I, I'll be able to get that knowledge. You know, I'm thinking about getting into coaching anyway, so maybe I'll reach out to Bill. So while you're here in D.C., you get, you're get there for the Mike Vick experience, and the next closest thing, I guess we would say after that, for a short window, is the RG3 experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're seeing this, are you thinking, oh, I've seen this, you know, like, I mean, so, I'm, or are you, or are you thinking seeing, like they're not even the same dude? I mean, I'm seeing similarities, 
Um, Mike obviously didn't win the Heisman. So I think RG coming out the gate might have had a little more hype because um, he was a Heisman Trophy winner and he was doing some freaky things in college on a national stage where Mike Mike was doing it more regionally and then you saw him nationally against Florida State in the national championship. And so you really didn't see a whole lot. I mean, you saw enough to make him the number one pick, obviously. Um, but it was just a different age as far as cell phones and social media and just the accessibility that everyone had to a Michael Vick highlight versus an RG3 highlight. So I think RG might have had a little more hype. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm watching like, man, this is looking real, real familiar. Even from the rock star standpoint, right. RG gets off a bus, everybody's <laughs> mobbing him, you know what I mean? And so, and we're looking like, you know, the rest of the Jackson 5, and he's Michael. <laughs> right. Um, the, everybody else. And so, yeah, absolutely, I thought, man. And then, you know, we started 3 and three and 6. And then 4 and 6, 5 and 6, 6 and 6, 7 and 6. I mean, we roll off seven straight wins, I think. And so by the seventh win, I'm like, oh, man, it's it, it, Michael Vick right here. Right. Like, so Robert's I'm absolutely. Robert's walking on water. Yeah, I'm absolutely thinking, you know, Alfred Morris is toting it. Pierre has a hunt leading the league in catches. We got Seattle down 14-3 in our place in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, I'm thinking, oh, bro, we in there. Right. Against, oh, Russ? Russ wasn't quite Russ yet. Nah, absolutely. Against little Russ? Oh, we got this. And uh, RG goes down, man, and. You know, it's never the same for uh, for him and this organization again. Well, y'all in the locker room, like I said, you already seen the Vic thing. You are, were you guys all like, nah, this dude right here is legit and he about to take us to the promised land? Yeah. 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 Right? I mean, we all were feeling like that because, I mean, he was throwing the ball. He was running the ball. You know, the problem was he was getting hit a little bit too much on some of the read option stuff. Um, but you could just see he was a superior athlete than a lot of the dudes that were trying to get him. And that's 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 what happened with Mike. You know, Carolina. It was teams in our division in Atlanta that was drafting specifically to stop Mike. Like Carolina drafted the most athletic player on the board, Julius Peppers. Um, uh, Tampa had brought you know had Sapp and, and Simeon Rice, super athletic dudes. Um, uh, New, you knew, you knew New, what you had to prepare for. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans uh, drafted Will Smith, an athletic DN. God rest his soul too. He uh, got killed in New Orleans. Um, uh, a couple years ago, but he was in my draft class. They drafted an athletic defensive end like him with like the 14th pick. So teams were starting to, you know, draft players to specifically stop Mike. Our division hadn't realized that yet. So yeah, the Giants had a, you know, a, a really good defensive line, um, but nobody was Olympic speed like RG3. You know what I mean? Straight line speed, Vicar RG. It depends how far you run it. If you run in a hundred, probably RG. RG's if you run in a forty, Mike. Right. Easy. But Mike's way more elusive. Yeah. Mike Mike had shape. Yeah. That's what RG RG didn't have shape. RG had that top end speed. Yeah, though. like when I see McNabb, like McNabb had shape. McNabb never had speed. He had shape though. Um Mike had shake without a doubt. Like Mike had shake and speed, and so that was dangerous because he could he get it da, 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 and then yeah, shoot out. And a, Donovan couldn't shoot out. Donovan could shake you and elude you, but Mike would shake you and and, and put the deuces up on you. And a hundred, you were RG three. Uh, 
probably me. I mean, I don't. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a good hundred meter runner. Got you. But I would like to think I could beat a. I, I could have beat a hurdler in my prime. I right. Mean, RG was a, a hurdler right. at the end of the day, but he was fast too. Right. Now, two different ways. You you were there when the mic throne came down, and you were there to watch the. It was actually more painful to watch. It had to be, at least from the outside. I don't know what it was like in the locker room to watch the RG three thing just come crumbling down, and it looked like yeah. it just came crumbling down. It looked like the teammates kind of just moved out the way, and let let it come crumbling down too. It kind of was like, oh, hey, there's RG three. <laughs> <laughs> he fell. Uh, kind of to you. What was that like watching that whole thing? And did you like? Did you, you know, from one year ago being like, all right, bet we on our way to like, yo, this dude is our, is our practice squad quarterback. I mean, at some point uh, when the offense kind of changed a little bit, like the offense we was running with RG initially was kind of gimmicky. You know, it was a read option, a lot of RPOs at the time that people really didn't know, didn't know what right. RPOs were, um, where he could pull it or throw it. Um, so he, I mean, he was able to almost not be wrong. Like, if they crash and pull it, if the linebacker stays back, pull it. If the linebacker comes up, pull it and throw, you know, or keep it. And so, I mean, the offense worked. And it was so, Taylor made for and him. then I heard, we all heard somehow that offseason, like, that they wanted to change the offense. They didn't want him to get hit as much. And so, um, they changed the offense. And what they changed it to better fit Kirk. Than RG, it was it was a lot of reading the defenses and drop backs and things like that. Was that kind of like a tell sign? Like, well, I, I don't know if it was a tell sign. He wanted from, oh, okay, what, right. from what we were told right, as right, players, right, right. he wanted to change the offense. Right, got you. And so it was it, it felt self inflicted. So I was about to say, like, he like come he in and his, say, he, he Yo, I want to play. I want to play more. I want to play more man, coach. I want to play more man. And I get out there and I. Can't cover nobody, <laughs> and I get ran up out of here. <laughs> right, that's on you. Hell, bro. You right, know, you should have kind of let them do what you know. So right. it was kind of weird because no one really knows how it happened or why. But we were told that he wanted to change it up a little bit. He wanted to get hit less, and it better fit Kurt. And so, you know, it felt like it happened like that. That's when you think about it. But when I think about going through it, it was actually a slow progression. And there was times when we were kind of like, man, we need to change it up. Almost like watching Lamar Jackson in Baltimore play in that first half where you're like, bro, you got to change it up. First three quarters, actually, you got to change it up. And then the fourth quarter, you change it up. And you're like, told y'all, you right. should have changed it up two quarters earlier. Right. And that's how you kind of felt. Like having RG out there was like, man, we got to change it up. Because being on defense, man... Man, we got to go back out there again. We just got a pick. We right. just got a fumble. Three and out again? Right. Are you kidding me? And so at a certain point, you know, by the third quarter, that's where there was conversations coming like, man, again? <sighs> I mean, I can remember playing 95 plays one game. Bro, you supposed to play 60. Right. We played a quarter. We played a game and a half. And so, man, that shit wear you down. And so at a certain point, it's like, man, we got to change it up. And so they changed it up. And like I said, Kirk showed that he got a little something to him. You know, Kirk's knock was he couldn't protect the ball. Then he started protecting the ball. And so it was kind of like, all right. People didn't like Kirk because Kirk wasn't your typical quarterback. Kirk wasn't 6'4", big arm, you know, from California. You know what I'm saying? Kirk wasn't your typical quarterback. Kirk was a 6'1", skinny little white dude. 
look like your next door neighbor, look like the dad that drives the minivan, right? Um, good wholesome dude from the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? So Kurt wasn't sexy, but man, Kurt could get it done. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt getting it done now. What was that whole like though in the in the locker room in terms of like? There See, goes RG three, the, the third string quarterback. Like yeah, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, mean, in the face of the franchise is now. I mean, like you, you said, you got, Michael Jackson is now the background singer. And and going from Mike to the background singer, he definitely like at first he didn't used to hang out as you know and kick it with the with the guys as much. He kind of was isolated, not isolated because he was still cool, but he started hanging out a little more. He started like that last training camp, man. He he hung out with us. You know, he went to dinner with us, played you know times, and the years prior to that, you 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 couldn't grab, you couldn't you couldn't get him out. Maybe one time, and so I mean, it helped. I know it helped him see, man, it could be here today, gone tomorrow. You know, it, it definitely makes you appreciate things, it makes you appreciate that camaraderie. And sometimes you're just so busy with the hustle of the grind and the studying and the film. Sometimes you ain't got time to be hanging out. Right. So it gave him a chance to, man, let me get to meet some of my teammates a little more and hang out a little more. Um, but so it wasn't I like mean, everybody we, was we reporting that the locker room hated him, and not and yeah, and we didn't. I didn't hate him, but I didn't. I wasn't like you would have to be on the offensive side of the ball because you really don't see each other as a team besides team meetings. Gotcha. Anything else is offense separate, defense separate. Special teams are together, but quarterbacks ain't in special teams. So really, we see them at a team meeting, and then they go offense. Quarterbacks, you know, we obviously deep defense, DBs, whatever, secondary. So we never saw them till practice, and everybody was cordial in practice. But we spend the majority of our time hanging with the dudes in our meeting rooms, and the dudes in our position. So, I mean, we, you know, we we didn't see the fall from grace like everybody else probably. Got you. Now, today, to this day, RG three deserves to be better than a backup quarterback, no? I mean, I think he deserves an opportunity and a chance to be better than a backup quarterback. Um, I don't know if that'll, that'll ever happen at this point, but hell, he damn sure deserved an opportunity. Yeah, watching Josh Johnson, hell, he was at the crib chilling. He just, But Nathan Peterman got a job? Shit. I mean, Josh Johnson deserved to be in somebody camp fighting for a spot. Because if, if you can operate an offense in two weeks and learn that terminology and that playbook, you 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 smart enough to, 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 to be a career backup to help, you know, cultivate other young talented guys in that room and coach up. Cause maybe you just can't do it exactly right, but obviously you know what's going on. It's funny you should say Lamar Jackson because you now again you've seen the Vic, you've seen the R G three. What what can how good can Lamar Jackson be? Man, if they can if they can continue to Develop him as a passer. I mean, that dude can be the closest thing to Michael Vick since Michael Vick. I mean, the way Lamar Jackson runs with the football in his in his hands, he runs like a running back. And Mike didn't necessarily run like a running back. Mike was quick and fast and, and, and could, you know, could dice you up. But Mike tried to get down. Like, I see Lamar Jackson running through arm tackles. And I'm like, man, this dude runs with, like, angry you know, I don't, I don't know if you can play forever playing right, like right. that or play 10, 12 years like that at the quarterback position because you can hit from so many different angles and you always have the ball. Um, so, you know, like I said, if he can, can, if they can continue to develop him as a passer, because what, what all, I tell people all the time, what all, what made Mike so dangerous and elusive wasn't if we'd have put Mike at running back and he would have got off. Nah, that ain't it. 
It's because he was dropping back as a passer, having four big dudes rush him, sometimes a blitzer, and he was able to elude them and get missing. And it was the unexpected run, not the planned run. Right, 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 right. And so Lamar Jackson, man, there's so many planned runs and quarterback sweeps. And yeah, from a number standpoint, you got them out leveraged and you should pick up some yards. But that ain't the way I'm trying to win football games through the course of the season. Get in the playoffs, running that offense, he get knocked out. And I'm like, oh, shoot, what the hell we going to do? Right. Like, I want him dropping back, throwing the ball, because we know he can do it. Like, I talked about Bobby Petrino. Um, he's an offensive genius. Ooh. I mean, he's smart offensively. And so for Lamar Jackson to understand his terminology and, and do what he did to win a Heisman, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. He can be a quarterback. And I think, I'm going to jump around a little bit. I think the reason people aren't, somebody was asking me, why ain't nobody saying Kyler Murray got to do this to do this like they did Lamar Jackson? I said, because the difference between Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray is coming after a guy in Baker Mayfield who did the exact same thing y'all asked him to do, or he did the exact same thing y'all asked Baker Mayfield to do, but better, and they both won the Heisman Trophy because of it, and this one was the number one overall pick. Kyler Murray has to translate somewhere closer to, to, to Baker Mayfield, right? And so that's the difference. If Lamar Jackson would have played at the same college that... uh uh, who's the guy? I only want to throw Pat Mahomes, but um, say Pat Mahomes, and he was a year or two, two years behind him to where they were coming out back-to-back years. Um, and you see Pat Mahomes' success. You probably would be like, all right, well, all right, maybe he's closer to that. But right. because he came out of Louisville where it's, you know, it wasn't a, a, really a guy in front of him who made a lot of plays or, or did some things, it was kind of like, well, was it a gimmick? Did did he come out telling them to throw it here or throw it there? And so it was a lot more question marks with uh, with Lamar. But like I said, if they can if they can continue to, to to teach that dude the quarterback position and how to read defenses, and it's simple, man. You it can be as as easy as one high versus two high safeties, an eight man box, seven man box. Do we run the ball this play or do we pass it? They running the ball and and it's they in zero. <laughs> Ten men in the box right. to stop the running. They line they come right up out the huddle. Down said. It's still, running. still running the it's ball. Running like the just ball. teach the man. All right, man. Hey, hey, check, check, check. Hey, hey, tango, tango, tango. Like just do that. Just right. to get a man a little bit of weapons. Right. And so unless they develop him like that and continue to do that, I mean, Harbaugh got the job for a couple more years. But if he really trying to win, because that defense is bombing, if they really trying to win, they got to develop. They got to develop Lamar at the quarterback position. A former teammate of yours, I've never seen the jury be out longer on somebody than Kirk Cousins. It's like every year we start. The, I've never seen a guy that every year at the beginning of the year, it's like we got to see what we got in Kirk. And then when the season is done, it's like what we got in Kirk. And it's like, well, I don't know, see, one more year. And it's see, like five know, years in a row we've been saying I don't that. know if the jury out on him, man. When you're paying, you paying dude $28 million a year, Man, he got his. Ain't no jury out. <laughs> okay, the jury well, may be out on so, on people so, so, wanting Kurt to win the big one. Right, right. A big one. I don't know. Not the big one. A big one. Yeah. So, I mean, so what is Kurt Cousins? Kurt a lot of money. What I is Kurt Cousins? I think Kurt's a really good quarterback who has to have weapons around him to be successful. He has weapons around him. He was successful at times. Um, when he wasn't successful is when the defense wasn't playing great. When the defense was playing great, they they were winning games. He was helping helping win games. 
Curse the guy who can win a game and can lose a game. Some guys can win a game and lose a game. Some guys can't win a game but can lose a game. At least you know with Kurt, he can win a game. So we're talking about middle of the road. I mean, I think he's right. I mean, I think he's at the top of that second tier. I mean, your first tier guys all got. Top of the second tier? Yeah. Who else you put up there? I put him up there with Matt Ryan. I put Matt Ryan really? at the top of the second tier. Yeah. You put, Kurt, you put Kurt what, in third tier? If we're doing tiers, right, we're going to agree that I'm, top I'm, one is going to be the Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Drew Brees. Phillip, yeah, I even put Phillip Rivers in that. Okay, and he don't even have a ring. Okay, but I'll cool. put him in that for experience. And, and then uh, second tier, I'm, I'm, I'm putting, uh, like, like I'm, 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 I'm even putting my MVPs. I'm, 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 I'm going to put Russell Wilson in that bottom, the last dude on that first tier. Okay. Is Andrew Luck in the first tier? Not to me, man. Okay, but he he's in the really second tier. But then he's in yeah. the top of the second tier. Yeah, he's not the top guy in the second tier, but he's in the second tier. He's in the top top of the second tier. Okay, now Kirk Cousins is not in the same tier as, as, as Andrew Love. Are you kidding? Nah, he's not in the oh, same tier. Oh, man, you got to put him in there. <laughs> yeah, don't. In my second tier, in my second tier, I got I got Andrew Luck. I got, in any order, my top top of the second tier. Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Hold on, Kirk Roethlisberger. Cousins. Where's Roethlisberger? He's in the first tier. First tier. Cam got to be at the top of that for second tier, then. Yeah, okay. and I just said that. Okay. Cam, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, and I mean I'm not even rating Mahomes and, 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 and Deshaun Watson and some of them just yet. Yeah, too young. Um, but yeah. See, and I, then and then and I like that, your second tier. And the bottom of the second tier is my Matt Stafford's. Is my I got uh, him there. I got my, Kirk Cousins there. Um, Nah, it's my Matt Stafford's. It's my which is which is the, the I'm trying to pull it up. The medium, mid, middle, middle of the road uh, type of guys, right there. Like Jimmy G, kind of is in the middle of that second still tier. I think Kurt's better him. than him. Still need to see way more from him. You don't think Kurt's better than him? I still need to see way more. He, what is, is he starting ten games? Yeah, like I ain't rating Jared Goff yet because the no, jury's out. Young. Trubinsky, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, What's the name? I, I got him in that. I got Mahomes, him. I got him wherever you put. Um, Ravens. I'm putting. I'm putting Dak in that third tier, because I need to see more. Yeah. Carson Wentz is middle of the second tier. Mariota is bottom. No. Mariota Winston both no didn't happen. Uh, I I got Kurt in the middle in the middle of that. Yeah. Tier. Andy Dalton. Yes. No, nah, he's better than Andy Dalton's terrible. He's he's there with it. He's better than Andy Dalton. Derek Carr. I mean, so yeah, Kurt's middle of the I middle mean, of the road. Kurt's top of the second tier. Top I don't think that's what we just said. I don't think that's what we just said. Kurt threw for what? I just threw numbers wise, three, three, four, yeah. eight hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's not troubling that he doesn't win any of these big games. I mean, I I don't watch enough of Minnesota to know, but for but, us, which, even for you, okay, for, for you, us, yeah. I mean, we. We didn't necessarily always show up on defense or always do this or that. Like, I'm a big I like proponent in, 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 in the team having mm -hmm. to help the team. Like, yeah, he's going to get the glory, but who the hell cares? Right. Like, I want to win games. And so, if we, don't do, if we don't do what we need to do on defense, the offense can't carry us. Like, we, we didn't have one of them type teams. Right. Like, for Kurt to do what he did with D-Jack, Pierre, and Crowder, and, and Reed, and then the next year to have really nobody and damn near do the same thing. I mean, he made a lot of good shit happen with not a lot. And so... D-Jack's another one I forgot about speed-wise. Where is he ranking up there? D-Jack can go. D-Jack can go. I don't see... You can get that or he can get you. D-Jack don't want no problems either. 
I mean, me and D-Jack ain't never, D-Jack ain't never took me on just no no go route. D-Jack's ran little crosses and I've had to run them down. I mean, D-Jack can run. I know that. He can run. He got the crackhead speed. He can, I know he can get up out there. He can run. I, I'm not going to say he's faster than me. Uh, but, I mean, I know he's ran past me before. But, like I said, being <laughs> in the right, DV, right. sometimes I got to turn my right, hips right, and right, all right, that. Right, so, right, it's, right. A, it's a little different. But, I mean, I know he's ran past me. Hell, Jeremy Macklin's run past me. In a, as a cornerback, right, You, I know you're going to get up for an elite number one receiver. Julio Jones, uh, T.O., whatever the case may be. And you're going to get up for an elite quarterback. Which one do you find yourself having to prepare for more? Like, are you more concerned with guarding Randy Moss? Or are you more concerned with going against Aaron Rodgers and Tom, a, a Tom Brady type of dude? I mean, I'm more worried about the matchup between that receiver but like if you're going against Wynn, there's nobody and there's no receiver I know, that's carrying I know, you. But that quarterback right. is what's gonna make it move and what's gonna make it click. So yeah, when you playing a guy like Randy Moss and his quarterback is Tom Brady. Okay, well that's like, a combination. That's crazy. Right. But when you playing Randy and his quarterbacks, whoever Kerry Collins. Yeah, you know Randy still can beat you. Like he can Kerry can luck up and throw it somewhere <laughs> and Randy can still go get it and make a play. You know, Tom Tom and those great quarterbacks are a little different because, like, you can be in great position and that great quarterback is going to put the ball in the spot that only his receiver can get it. Or, you know, I was covering Marvin Harrison one time. He run a comeback, and I'm thinking, ooh, I beat Marvin out the break. I'm about to pick this joint. And Peyton threw the comeback. He ran it at probably 12 yards. Joker came back probably down to about seven yards to catch it. So I'm thinking all I got to do is take a step, and I'm going to pick it. Man, I take a step, and Marvin's still running backwards. I'm like, man, I can't get it. And I'm diving, and I barely can make the tackle. And I got out the break before Marvin. I'm thinking I'm about to pick it. But he ball placement. That ball placement from the quarterback. So sometimes, I mean, the quarterback is so hard to really prepare for those guys. Um, you, try to, you try to fool those guys pre-snap with your alignment and things like that, different body language. Cause by time you, by time I'm in my stance and playing ball, I, I can't worry about what he doing. Like I gotta worry about this dude in front of me, especially if I'm in man. Like I can't be worried about where the ball at, and I'm trying to check this dude. So it's it's a lot different at corner versus safety. At safety, yeah, I'm trying to manipulate the hell out of that quarterback. I'm trying to lean this way so he can think that's open. I'm trying to read his eyes. It's definitely a lot more chess at safety than than it is at at, at corner. Without a doubt. Game preparation, the difference between preparing for Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. And really no difference. No difference. Really no difference. Really no difference. Um even with Peyton Manning with all the line change with all the play calling at the line and whatever not. Nah, because Tom Tom do the same thing. Tom do the same thing from time to time. Um with Peyton, the only difference is a lot of times, like you said, Peyton's calling it. So he's getting back to the line right now. Like they, they already lined up. They snap a play. <laughs> Next play, they up on the line with like 25 seconds on the on the game clock because he's out there. He wants to make his own checks and does that. Tom let his guys get in the huddle. Bam, 15 seconds. He's out. He's still at the line making his checks, but he's had he called his play in the huddle. So a little different. Peyton gives you a little more of a variation of things he can run because he's calling it all. Where Tom's kind of set by formation. 
All right, I got to run a couple plays off of that, you know, formation that I'm in. Um, what 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 best can attack that defense? Who's better? I was always a Peyton guy, just Peyton because guy. I knew Peyton personally, and I was more, you know, I was closer to Peyton personally. Uh, we were part of Reebok together when I first got in the league, and so I was able to kind of create a, a relationship with him through that. And some of the things we were doing, we worked together. So, um, and I, I just like Peyton's charisma, man. Like the corny, funny. Like he seems like a cool dude. Like I've had a beer with Peyton. I've never had a beer with with Tom. So I I I I veer on the side of friendship. Mm. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Peyton, but I mean you can't deny Tom, man. Tom the goat for a reason. That's the reason I, I love Brett Favre is probably my number three quarterback because I just love Brett. Like I can kick it with Brett. We had the same trainer, um, so I, I know Brett personally, and so I kick it with Brett. I, I like Brett. I love Brett personally. So like he he's way up there just because that's my guy. When when I look at so today I went and looked at the top. 20 and all-time receiving yards. And other than Tim Brown and Chris Carter, I think are probably the only two people on that list you never played against. You pretty much have played. Jerry Rice was his last last year. I think yeah. you said you did play against him his last yeah, season. Yeah, right? I did. I did. But all these, this next generation. You said is, Tim Brown and who? <laughs> uh, Chris Carter, I believe. And Chris Carter. Did you play against Chris You didn't play against Chris Carter. I don't Carter. think I played against right. Chris Right. So it was James, sorry, Lofton. Yeah, James Lofton. James Lofton, Chris Carter, and um, Tim Brown. But everybody else from Jerry Rice, T.O., Randy, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Cal, uh, Calvin Johnson, Isaac Bruce, uh, Isaac Bruce Torrey Holtz, Torrey Holtz Steve, uh, Hans, Smith, uh, Steve Smith, all, all those guys. I don't know if I said Andre Johnson yet, yeah. but all those guys have come in your era. Yeah. Who's the best quarter? Who's the best receiver? I know that's a really difficult question to ask, so I will give you some freedom. I, mean, I to always say, say Randy Moss to okay. me was the goat. Um, but I also have always said, um, it's not a besides, one-trick pony. Besides, who you said? He's not a one-trick pony. Nah. Okay. Nah. Randy could run every route. Okay. Uh, I agree. I day. just wanted to put that out there. Um. But I've always said, if you want a receiver, you can pick twenty of them dude, them twenty dudes, pick them out of hat. And damn it, you gonna right, be, right, right. It's no wrong answer. Oh, they all Hall of Famers. You gonna be jumping up and down like hell yeah, I got that one. Yes, right, right. Because right. it's almost like going in the restaurant and it's like, damn, everything look good, bro. I don't right. know what I want. Right. Everything looks amazing. Can I have it all, or just pick me something, waiter? Right. And Is there so, any one of those guys who was a problem more than other? I look at a guy like Steve Smith. Looked like he would be I a problem. Mean, the smaller dudes were always more of a problem for me. Cause I was a small dude, and I, and maybe my problem was in college I had a receiver, Ernest Wilfer. He was a converted DN, six four, two twenty five at Tech. So I always went against the big dude. So to play against T.O. was easy. I was like, all right, cool. I prepared all all in college. So, okay, so then what? Andre yeah, Johnson. That's what I was about to say. Andre Johnson or Calvin Johnson or those type of guys. I mean, that's yeah, I, I didn't. I I love going against some big dudes because I'm like, you're not gonna be faster than me. So I'm gonna sit here and I'm just as strong. But as the, you. what is it like to run? They are, are as arms. fast. Okay, so Calvin Johnson and Andre Johnson. Let's say they're not as fast as you. They are. Yeah, they're still slower. I mean, I mean they're faster than every, five inches taller. They're faster than everybody else. But I jump out the gym too. Okay. I'm a hooper. I got you. So I remember going in the gym like. I can remember being five nine at Bob Gibbons basketball tournament, having the guard Rashad McCann six five. 
bringing the ball down court, and then he tried to post me up. So now, now, now I'm playing big man. Mm -hmm. Now I'm guarding the point. J.J. Riddy, 6'3", had to guard him all around the court at 5'9". So I always played bigger dudes on the basketball court. So the football field, it wasn't nothing different. And even though I'm 5'10 and a half, I got a 6'1 wingspan. So I'm, I'm, I'm really 6'1". Because when I put my arms out, I'm still like I can still create that separation, and I can still be long, um, you know. So like I said, the smaller dudes gave me more problems. Steve Smith obviously was a motherfucker. He was hard as hell to you know to go uh, to cover. Uh, Marvin Harrison was nice. Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. I mean, all them dudes was nice. But I probably have played Steve Smith the most, just being from my days in Atlanta. My gotcha. days in Atlanta, right, Carolina. Carolina, right? Um, and so I probably would say him, you know, just because I mean he's a little dude, but man, he's like a pit bull, man. Like, and I feel like I'm a pit bull. Yeah, like oh, nah, I'm gonna fight. He gonna fight. We gonna give y'all good football. He gonna talk shit. I'm gonna talk shit, and we gonna dap each other up and say good job. Let's you know, let's keep it rocking after. So, um, Steve's probably probably one of the toughest dudes I had to cover. If you could fill in the sentence. D'Angelo Hall, Atlanta Falcons D Hall is blank, while Redskins D Hall was blank. Atlanta Falcons D Hall was a problem. <laughs> like okay. he was a he was a shut down corner, talk shit, tell you about it in your face, uh, care more about Pro Bowls and individual success than than team success. Uh, but ultimately, was wasn't a bad teammate. Did what I. Did what I felt like I had to do to defend teammates. Did what I had to do to help our team win football games. Wasn't a selfish player uh, by any means, but I definitely felt like if I ball out and I have a hell of a day and I shut this dude down, we're going to win this game. And and I wanted that pressure. I think the Washington Redskins D-Hall was a, a leader, the captain, um, the, one of the calming influences in, in that locker room for, for years. Um, a teacher, a mature guy, you know, whereas, you know, like I said, in Atlanta, I, I was starting fights. And I think even early in Washington, I was known to get a penalty here or there, but it was never, I, I don't feel like it was ever, uh, um, you know, maliciously done. It was always sticking up for someone else or having trying to have my teammates back. Um, you know, but definitely you can see the growth of me then versus uh, versus now, without a doubt. When you hear that me, Angelo thing, what do you think of that? I just think it was, uh, who said it? Chris Mortensen? Is that where oh, it came I from? I don't even know where it came from. I think it was from. Chris Mortensen. It was some dumbass report on ESPN who... Uh, wanted to have a catchphrase or something and hope it stick stuck so he could make a name for himself and he never did. Some people still kind of uh does you know, it bother you hearing it or it it doesn't. It doesn't because I don't think it was true then. Definitely wasn't true then. Um but it's definitely not true now. And you know, whoever they perceive me to be then is not who I am now. So, I mean, it, 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 it don't bother me. I was a broke cat in, from the hood, too. If they want to call me that, that's cool. That ain't what I am now. But <laughs> right, that right. was that was definitely who right. I was. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't agree with it. People are entitled to their opinions. Now that I'm actually in the media mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, I, I, I tend to, you know, I tend to understand. You know, what I'm saying if somebody got to sell a, sell a paper or, or make a story, and I definitely felt like, like I said, I can't remember what reporter it was. But I definitely felt like he made the statement almost hoping that it kind of caught fire. I was a high draft pick. You know, some guys call him Miangelo. Right, right. You know, and thinking, oh, man, you know, that's wrong with that. But nobody ever really did. Um, when you see now, how old are you now? 35. When the 35-year-old D'Angelo sister and you see Patrick Ramsey. Is that his name? Patrick? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen. Patrick Ramsey was the quarterback for the yeah. Ravens. J- Jalen Ramsey. What what do you, what do you see when you see that? I mean, I like it. I like, like it. it. At, at times, sometimes I'm like, man, he probably went a little too far. That's what I was gonna but say. I was, that, I was the same guy, right? And I understood, right. and I understood. Me and Chad Johnson had a lot of back and forth, and it was always fun and friendly banter. I could see how people might not like that, but I also knew what it what it what it meant to me and Chad and how fun it was and how it kept the friendship going and kept the rivalry going. And and so, and ain't nobody going to market you but you. That's part of the reason people know who Jalen Ramsey is, too. Mm, absolutely. Um, and I like I like Jalen, man. I think he comes to play. I think he backs it up. I think he's a dog. Like, if you talking shit and you ain't about that life, I ain't really trying to hear you. Right. But if you talking shit and you about that life, because I was about that life and I talk shit, I'm with it. Right. So if you with it and you want to put that extra mark on your back, go get it. I remember Chad Bailey told me one good good story. Like, D-Hall, man, why are you always talking shit, man? Like, you talk so much trash. You making people single you out. And, and he was like, man, I just hide under the clock. Like, like, I just go play ball. Like, I play ball. I don't talk bad about nobody. I don't get nobody. No extra motivation to come out here and beat me. I'm like, man, Chad, I don't give a damn what they want to do. I'm telling you what I'm going to do. As I got older, I'm like, man, I'm not giving this dude no ammunition. <laughs> Come out here slipping and I'm going to put you in the dirt. Come out here acting all big and bad and I'm going to still put you in the dirt. How you want it? And so I never really started engaging in that back and forth. Oh, man, that's a good team, man. Really good offense, great weapons. Um, You, you know, I I hope we can contain them. Right, right, right. When early in, in my – I mean, he all right. I mean, he run one route. That's all he do. I'm giving him his game plan. He coming out knowing I know he doing that. I started keeping my cars a little more closer to my vest. And it wasn't until Champ told me that. I said, man, you know, you are right. I'm singling myself out, telling telling this dude what I'm going to do to him. And sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. You know, so. Well, maybe some of that comes from, like you said, when you're in Virginia, spending half the year bored out of your mind, wishing somebody would throw you the ball. So, you know, it's like, why are you doing that? Because I want some action, I want some action, man. I want some action, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of makes sense, you know. You yeah, came from being yeah. bored out of your mind because yeah. when nobody throw the ball. So it's like, why are you putting a target on your back? Because I want some action, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so so, so, it, so it kind of makes sense. What is it like now, ask this question, as I look behind me now on the screen is, and you see is uh, Antonio Brown. When you see, and not even to say him, now that you're 35 and you're on the other side of the desk and you're watching this stuff and you find yourself commenting on the likes of Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell or insert name here, you know what I'm saying? What, do you, what, what goes through your mind when somebody says, you know, when I'm watching you on Fox Sports and you're talking about a locker room guy and da-da-da-da, whatever, like being that you were at one point in time, I you mean, were that I story. was that guy. Yeah. I was that guy. And I would just, I would just say... Um, Antonio Brown's a great football player. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, your skills will deteriorate a little bit, and once they once they do, is a humbling 
is a humbling experience, especially for a, for a star. Um, they don't put up with as much shit. I think T.O. and Chad figured that out. That's probably why they were ran out the league before, Way before, the time. before their time. Absolutely, because those guys can still play, but the headache was more of a problem than the actual uh, productivity on the field or the production. And so I'm a fan of Antonio Brown, um, and I don't. I find it hard to believe that all all of this is just happening right now. I know I know Ben a little bit. We we were drafted together, and I know Ben's a little bit of a diva, and I and I read Antonio Brown's too much of a diva. I'm sure Ben was a diva, and Antonio Brown's probably doing what he's seen Ben do several times, maybe behind closed doors or not as public. Um, but. This is new learned behavior for for Antonio Brown. Like he's seen this around that building, and I think he feels like hell. I'm a big enough star that hell if Ben do it, I can do it, you know. And so, and like I said, I don't know if Ben's doing it, but I I just feel like it's coming from somewhere. Like Antonio Brown hadn't just become this butt butthole out of nowhere. Um, I think it's kind of been festering, and I like Antonio Brown. Like I root for him. Like my kids like him. I, my kids like the little dances he do. <laughs> right, right. I like the interaction he has with his kids on social media. And so I root for him. And I think he's a hell of a player. I remember when he was, just was coming on. He was one of them little quick dudes I hated to cover. Um, he got sauce. And so, I mean, I hope he gets it figured out. I think if he does go to San Fran, uh, Kyle Shanahan will use the hell out of him. Like, like that would be a hell of a combination. Marquise Goodwin and that speed and some of those other guys they got out, got out there. Um, but, you know. There's no going I back, hope though. To see, I, 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 don't, I don't think it is, man. <laughs> and I love Mike Thomas so much. And I know I respect Mike Thomas so much. And, and even in my hot-headedness, if that's even a word, as a player, I can remember Mike T being on that Tampa sideline. Hey, calm down, man. And I'll and, and calm down and listen because I know Mike's history. I know he's from 757. I know people who know him. And at that time, before I had met him, it was... Hi, OG. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Know what I'm saying? I got you. It was it was just that respect. And so, if you run, if you're doing that to Mike T, you probably doing that to any coach who's in front of you. And like I said, that behavior is just only a matter of time before you know the talent goes down to a point that they don't feel like dealing with you. And I don't want to see that happen to him. Man, he's too good a player. It's a meal from the outside. It feels like Ben's name is always kind of just. Dab mentioned, but never the full story. Like it's never the front of the story. Yeah, but it's like we keep I mean, hearing about I mean, him kind of not I getting mean, along with this person, kind of not I getting mean, along with that person. They say he run it, man. What organization doesn't the quarterback run? It? Especially when they brought you two, two Lombardis in their 15 years and all-time leader in yards, I'm sure, and games and all that other stuff. So it's it's tough. It's tough when when players have more power than the coaches. So. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Is there anything about D'Angelo Hall that we don't know, or that we'd be surprised to know, or you think that that's that narrative out there that's not out there about you? Nah, man. I think everybody pretty much. I mean, I, I'm a I'm an open book. You know, I don't try to hide hide who I am or where I'm from or nothing like that. So nothing that I can think of. Anything in your career now, as you look back and it's over, anything you say, man, I wish I had done that. <laughs> and I, I, hell, I didn't have a choice on that, but I tried. I missed the team. So, yeah, I tried. But baseball, baby. <laughs> baseball. Oh, you can do everything, huh? I wish I, I, wish I would have stuck with baseball. Baseball, a lot more money in that.
still don't catch me. So, Alright, well, again, thank you again to my guest this week, D Hall. We appreciate it. It's been an awesome guest. Like you said, you are an open book. And um, again, for everybody out there, we thank you for tuning in and tuning into this week's uh, Let's Rap and Player's Voice. I am your host, Mark Gray, and we will see you all next time. Thank you. That was awesome, my guy. That was awesome, my man.